0: Welcome to Fringe Division.
1: Weird it is a matter of degrees. Hello and welcome to French Division, a spoiler-free French Rewatch podcast. I'm Jimmy.
0: And I've got to find the bit in the message from earlier.
1: Oh, you silly bugger. Bigger? Bugger.
0: And I'm Martin. Today we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 8, The Equation, which aired on November 18th, 2008, on Fox. It was written by J.R. Orsi and David H. Goodman. And directed by Gwyneth Horden-Payton. Horder. And directed by Gwyneth Horder-Payton. Indeed. um, Yeah.
1: Well, let's just get into it. Martin, what did you think of the equation? It was good. Yes. That's all we have time for. Um, no. I think this is actually like the strongest um, Walter episode that we've had so far.
0: I thought you were just going to say strongest, and I'm like, we can't say that every week, Jimmy. No, it's
1: the strongest... Well, last week... Well, I don't think last week was the strongest. I
0: can't remember. I I did, but I wasn't counting this one, because we hadn't watched it yet.
1: Yeah, but I don't think this is the strongest.
0: I'd say it's definitely up there. Yeah, but...
1: Yeah, it is.
0: I really like how they have a plot which gives character development to Walter... Mm -hmm. without the whole episode being uh, the monster that is directly related to water.
1: Yes, exactly. We've
0: talked in previous episodes about plot lines that don't relate to our main cast and how they don't really engage us sometimes shows double down on that and you get things like the last season of Star Trek Next Generation where everyone has a family member turn up because they need it to emotionally relate to one of the characters. Indeed. Um,
1: Yeah, I I think Walter was in danger of becoming one note. And um, so it's good to see him like this.
0: Which is ironic because he was able to demonstrate several notes in his opportunity to sing this episode.
1: Okay, Marshall.
0: No, but don't you agree that
1: Walter was, he was in danger of just being like the mad scientist guy. And he occasionally had sort of emotion, but only really when it came to, like, Peter. But now he's got an episode where he's without Peter for a large portion of the time. And uh, we get to see him have emotion motion for someone else.
0: It gets to see how he's developed since the pilot where he doesn't seem particularly cognitive mm-hmm. and how he's come out of his shell in the uh, last few episodes and... Having to face the idea of going back to VAT is uh, very good. Character growth. It is.
1: And we're only in episode eight. And it's good that they could do that. That they actually changed Walter as much as they have in eight episodes. And thrown them in, back into the, the, um, the mental institution to show just
0: how much he's changed. And there's a bit of uh, William Sadler, which is always nice. It's always good to see William Sadler. Unless you're on Deep Space Nine, because <laughs> he's a baddie. <laughs> well, so
1: that's what you know him from, then. or And also, I'm assuming you know him as the president from the MCU.
0: Uh, I know him from Bill and Ted and yep. Die Hard. Die Hard 2. To Die Too Hard.
1: Yeah but he was also in a failed pilot for the Omen TV series that I covered in my other podcast, Drop the Pilot. You can find that on uk. I watch all of them as I listen along. <laughs> Fibber. Right. Let's get into the plot, Martin. While helping fix a woman's car engine on the side of the road in Middleton, Connecticut, Andrew Stockston sees a sequence of red and green flashing lights and is hypnotised into a suggestive state. Upon waking up, he does not have any memory of what happened while hypnotised, but sees that the woman and his son Ben, a young musical prodigy, are missing. So, what did you think of this opening?
0: I thought it was actually quite dull at Mm -hmm. first, but then it got quite creepy, because you're like, ah, the kid's going to do weird creepy kid stuff. Uh, you know, come on, Fringe. You can do better than this. Mm-hmm. And then it does, and you're like, yeah, Fringe. I always believed in you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. You did think it was something to do with the kid at first, but then you know, Gillian Jacobs turns up, and messes shit up. Um. So I actually forgot Gillian Jacobs was in this.
0: Um, but saying that, I—I I, I I was going to do a whole thing about it was a really short episode because he looks in the car and then my wife came in and asked what I was doing and it was dark outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I did—I I, I did say I forgot that she was in it, but then I didn't actually know who she was at the time. So this was basically me like learning, oh, Gillian Jacobs is in an episode of Fringe So she was unbloody recognisable. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't recognise her at first. Actually, it's when I saw her name in the opening credits, I was like, "Oh shit, it's her," from Community, and various other things. It's the hair, I think, (laughs) that made her unrecognisable. And also, I know her from that um, movie that was written and directed by Agent Coulson from um, the MCU, where she plays a stripper and gets her boobs out. I know from that as well. Right. Typical Jimmy. <laughs> actually, actually, eh. Uh,
0: saw I it on feel, TV one I night. I feel right daft, I completely missed her. What? As a stripper? Um, no, in this. And this? So you
1: didn't realise that's who it was? No. Yeah. I'd only. because I recognised the name, and then when I was doing research and when I was, up the, I was writing up notes and stuff, I noticed that it was her so yeah she run unrecognisable in it
0: the uh, Kitty winkle's still acting good for him uh, he's in some uh, netflix show called ozark all right which i assume is a sitcom it most certainly is not
1: <laughs> it most certainly is not have you never seen ozark no right okay it's um, a dark comedy drama um, that's actually supposed to be really quite good. I've seen some of the first episode and I can't remember why I stopped watching it, but I'm going to get back Was to it. Was it
0: scary and did you hold a pillow over your face?
1: No. No, I, d- I didn't try to suffocate myself. Um, I No, I don't get scared watching things, Martin. I'm not you.
0: <laughs> I don't get scared, I just get bored. What, you get or bored? What? really convinced the things are going to happen to me and don't want to watch it anymore.
1: Right but
0: not scared. No, that's different.
1: Okay. All right, Martin. Right. Philip Broyles reveals that similar cases have ended with the victims being returned, but left insane from the trauma of the incident. All the victims were academics and accomplished in their respective fields and adults. So Ben's the first child that's been taken.
0: I'm intrigued.
1: Yes, exactly. Why is this woman taking these people, and now decided to take a child. When interviewing Andrew... Community college credits. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh, that was a weird reaction. <laughs> Sorry, with Alan Partridge here for a second. It was a bit odd. <laughs> um, when interviewing Andrew, Olivia Dunham learns that nine months previously, Ben survived a car accident with a new extraordinary ability to play the piano. Despite never taking lessons, Dr. Walter Bishop recalls memories of red and green lights, but he's unable to remember more. Right, so Martin, you're our um, resident medical expert. Is that a real thing?
0: Um, You get people who sometimes wake up with different accents, Mm -hmm. which is similar. It is.
1: Um... When I had my accident and uh, hurt my no toilet accidents don't count. No, no, not 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 that not that time I went pee um, pee poo poo and puke at the same time. Not that one. I'm talking about the time when I, I I got hit by a car, and I didn't wake up with any abilities or anything, and I damaged my head. So I don't think that's true. Right if I wasn't in a coma for a week. Maybe that's the the. The underlying factor. Although, that's where you're going wrong. Up until before the accident, I actually had a strong Liverpudlian accent, so I don't know. Maybe that's something I should look into. Anyway, while trying to dredge up the old memories, Walter recounts a previous unsuccessful unsuccessful my god. Walter, stop rec- thinking about that stripper film. I can't, yeah, Walter recounts a previous unsuccessful mind control experiment. He had worked on for an advertising agency, who wished to compel customers to buy their products using flashing lights. He deduces that someone succeeded in producing the lights using wave wavelengths, and these caused Andrew to. Bah! Su- oh, Jesus Christ! And these caused Andrew to sustain a. Oh shit! Hapner, <laughs> <laughs> Hypno- jo- what is it? Hapner, Jod, Jod, jo- 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 uh-huh. Hypnogogic I think it's hypnocogic. Cogic. Stat. Trance. He gets hypnotised. That allowed his son to be abducted. Uh, Walter successfully tests an experiment on Peter Bishop. So, I do like how the trance scenes are filmed. How yes. When, when they wake up and it's just the way that the lights are flashing and then suddenly it cuts to their
0: faces and they sort of just. Black, you know, come out of it. Although I do feel they missed an opportunity to have someone standing still looking silly for a long time.
1: Yeah. I like the reveal that that Peter has cut off the sleeves of his own t shirt due to suggestion. Mm -hmm. And um, Astra gets one line when she calls Peter Chachi. Um, I don't get this reference. Happy days. Chachi was Fonzie's uh, cousin. Played by Scott Bale. Um, And he had a spin-off show called Johnny Loves Chachi that lasted like two seasons. And then he went back to Happy Days. And he had uh,
0: shirts with no sleeves. So now you do, Martin. Happy Days was on Channel 4 at like half five or six o'clock. It was. In like Mm -hmm. 1995. I watched some of it then, but that wasn't recently. It's okay if it's a reference you didn't get, Martin. I like getting the references; it makes me feel cool. Well, I got it, so
1: yeah, right. I also like that Peter calms Walter down because Walter shouts at Astrid, not calling her by her name, um, of course. But Astrid's not even there. <laughs> we learn Astrid has left, but he's still shouting, I Miss, because uh, they're showing that Peter is becoming more patient and even caring towards Walter. Hooray, character growth. Exactly. And that he's getting better at calming him down, which is also good. And this is only episode eight. Um, Yeah, exactly. Character growth. And it's what we like to see. Because you do get a lot of, especially like police procedurals, where they would have the same, the characters would be exactly the same for an entire season. Because that's the way the character has to be ...in order for the scenes to play out, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew's sketch leads to an identification of the kidnapper as Joanne Ostler, an MIT neurologist who was previously believed deceased. So, yeah, she faked her own death. And went to community college. And went to community college, yeah. Um, this this um, skips over the fact that Charlie's in this episode, and that's okay.
0: Because he doesn't really do much. He sends him to the red castle. Yeah, he does that, but that's which a... was a jolly lucky coincidence that she was standing right outside it. Yes. Yes. Joanne tricks Ben
1: into helping her complete an unfinished equation by using the image of his mother
0: who died in a car accident. It was a weird kind of thing, the ghost mum, because it's like they they sort of have enough to suggest that the mum might have vanished like all the other kidnapped people but they also she's clearly a ghost after a while Mm -hmm. but you're not quite sure what's going on because sometimes in fringe when people's faces rip it's because of something that is them not being a hypnotic ghost yeah she's not really a ghost though is she she's not there it's all in his
1: head that's why I said hypnotic ghost yo Silly me. I apologise, Martin. I apologise. Hypnotic ghost she is, yes.
0: But sometimes people turned out to have been kidnapped long ago and definitely aren't (laughs) ghosts, but then start bleeding for other reasons. Yes. Um,
1: But I do like that they sort of mess with your mind for a bit because they make you think that maybe Gillian Jacobs' character actually has powers... Of persuasion or something. Um, Wait, she doesn't. Well, no. He's all, he's strapped up to the machine, and it's a machine. It's doing it through the machine. She's not actually doing it through voice, which we are led to believe. Well, maybe she. Maybe, I think maybe she is telling him that she. Her, his mother's there, but in the earlier scenes that we see, she's standing to the side and watching him cuddle his, hug his mum and stuff. But that's not actually happening
0: oh like that Bruce Willis film yeah yeah I'm again um are
1: you <laughs> I'm a getting out of here um so he's actually strapped into the the machine and it's playing with his mind and he thinks that he's actually seen his mum and actually playing the piano but he's not he's doing he's pressing keys on a fake keyboard
0: well, I dare say this bit could have been clearer.
1: Yes. Um, well, I got it, so. I'm fair. Yeah, but you've got the bloody wiki description to help you. No, the wiki description doesn't say that. Mm hmm. But I'm just going to read it out. So, let's see. Meanwhile, Walter suddenly remembers that he heard about the lights. See? Nothing about it. From the former math, math, math dude, Dashiell Kim. An old bunkmate at St. Clair's hospital who disappeared under similar circumstances. To discover the child's whereabouts, Olivia encourages Walter to return to St. Clair's. The visit does not go well. It says here, that's the understatement of the year. Um, And it's been a a year of understatements. And Walter, although I can't say that anymore Karen, because now we're in 2021. Oh fuck, who cares? Right.
0: (sighs) Wait. Did someone set off a set of lights? <laughs> <laughs> Walter is held by
1: the hospital administrator administrator Dr. Bruce Sumner who remains unconvinced of Walter's sanity. I just watched Bill and Ted's um, f- Bill and Ted Face music last night. Um, Let's do a
0: podcast on that. Yeah.
1: And he is in that again. And his accent is a lot sort of wackier in this one. It's not
0: as... I mean, it wasn't exactly great the
1: last time, but this time it just seems to be sort of more comedic, but um, it's still great.
0: In Bill and Ted, or in Fringe?
1: Bill and Ted. His accent, this is his normal voice in Fringe.
0: Yes, but you said it as if you were talking about Fringe, and I thought the audience would appreciate clarity. No, I did not. I was obviously talking about Bill and Ted
1: because I mentioned Bill and Ted like twice, Peter figures out Joanne's assumed name using an FBI database, uh, while Walter manages to convince Kim into giving up a vague description. Vague, fuck me. While Walter manages to convince Kim into giving up a fa- a vague description of Joanne's whereabouts by telling him there's a little boy who he needs her help. Uh, Kim says that he was kept in a dungeon in a red castle. So. The scenes with uh, Walter and Dasho are great, aren't they? Yes. Yes. Walter clearly cares for this man, despite having forgotten about him. It's just, the two actors just play so well off each other, and I believe that they know each other and they care about each other, uh, despite the fact that the two actors probably only just met. Yeah. So, you know, that's good acting, Martin. It is. Also, what's this um, other Walter? About,
0: it's his, uh, it's his uh, subconscious fears, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. This
1: is actually Walter before he went nuts into the institution, and Walter before that was actually supposed to be a, a nasty man, because mm. he did all these experiments on people. That the, the guy who did the experiments wasn't this nice Walter that we have now.
0: Which is something I I don't think the show ever really goes into too much detail on. I other than the occasional, oh yes, I did that in backstory for plot convenience. Yeah. Um, we never see um things I can't talk about. Um, what Walter was up to in the uh, you know previous decades. Um, right. Other than a quick flash here and a.
1: There. Olivia and Peter use the information to find the boy once they arrange for Walter's release. After a fight with Olivia, Joanne escapes with the completed formula, which she gives to Mitchell Loeb. Remember him from the last nope. episode? No? Yeah, I had the memory loss. Yes. He was like the entire focus of the previous episode. Oh, it was that guy? Yeah. Loeb kills her, but not before using the equation to allow him to pass through solid matter. Well, not him, really. It's his hand mm. to get an apple. Still him, but, you know, it made it sound as though that he walked through a wall or something. Um, mm. Ben is reunited with his father. Brought- I did
0: think he was a bit excited to have invented an apple-getting machine. It's like, just get more when you're at the supermarket, mate. Yeah, and also, he it's not as though he's getting
1: an extra apple. It's the same apple that he put in the safe. So just don't yeah. put the apple in the safe, mate. Just leave it out. Put it in a bowl. Don't need to torture any kids at all. Exactly. Just have your apple. Yeah, just eat the fucking apple. You know what I mean? Just... Jesus Christ. Now, so I liked the fight scene, as brief as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, The director considered the, the... And I'm reading this off of Wikipedia. The, the confrontation between Olivia and Joanne to be the former's uh, first big fight scene. She added, it's been well choreographed and they've been practising for several weeks. According to Anna Torv, she and Gillian Jacobs broke the moves down really simply and then put them together into really small little bits. The director called it pretty violent and quite messy, um, to which first assistant director Colin McClellan added, It's a pretty phenomenal brawl actually to have two women kick the crap out of each other. Yeah, we know mate, we watch Buffy. Right. I think the ending was a bit odd. Um, because I wasn't expecting it to end right there, like, a smiling Olivia. Mm. I've been accustomed to, like, having sort of, like, a, sort of
0: a, darker... a nice little coda.
1: Yeah, so, like, the whole apple scene should have been the last scene, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Also, do you think there were, like, tiny human embryos in that apple? Uh, Yes.
0: Right, so speaking of which, let's talk is about... That why, is that why there was an apple at the end? Because it's an apple in the icon?
1: Well, the apple in the icon was part of the word. And the word this week spelled out taken. We're going to talk about the, the glyphs because... this Hurray. This week we saw the introduction of the smoke glyph, which mm-hmm. is the last one that is actually used in the code. So we can talk about the glyphs before we get to our lines of the week and the whatnots.
0: I just put the episode on again, it really fucking is Britta. God, I'm an idiot. So you really didn't
1: get that the first time. She does look no. different, to be fair. I didn't get it at first. I recognised the name in opening credits, but um, it still had to take me a couple of minutes to work out that it was her when I saw her again. I was like, is that her? It is her. Mm. Right. So the glyphs, we have the apple. Um, so the glyphs are basically just like Pictures of things that we recognise, but they have sort of odd elements to them that maybe we, we you won't see at first.
0: Yeah, I think as a motif of a show, I think it's a really cool little element, mm-hmm. and the fact that there's something more going on if you want to dig deep is pretty cool. The fact it doesn't necessarily lead very far is potentially frustrating right but
1: it's still just like a fun thing for fans and it's yeah. still you know sort of clues and stuff um, the fringe apple glyph has human embryos instead of seeds we have the butterfly which has finger bones in its, it's wings it's got bones. Yeah. Uh, the flower what's the difference with the flower Martin oh it's weird <laughs> it's a daisy, which is the name of my niece. Um, it's a daisy, but no, that's normal. That's not a weird thing. No, it's not. But the um, some of the petals are actually dragonfly wings. Yes. Yes. Uh, the frog. Frog's a clone. <laughs> um. What does the frog have on its back, Martin?
0: It's got the uh, Greek letter for phi. Uh, yep. Pi. Pi. phidias Phidius. Yeah. It's got the Greek letter for pi.
1: Yes. So there's a hand, which has what, Martin?
0: Oh, it's a it's a hand from uh, the Isle of Wight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it has five fingers and a thumb,
0: which is one more than normal. Yes, unless you're from the Isle of Wight, in which case our apologies.
1: Yeah. Well, Martin's apologies because I love Jimmy the Isle of Wight. All inbreds. Well. Yeah. Right. We have the leaf. So the leaf is possibly the most normal looking one because it's not as easy to see what is wrong with it. But do you know what is wrong with the the leaf?
0: Its equilateral triangle uh, has the symbol of uh, deity, the inner being, the god within.
1: Yeah, or the delta symbol. Yeah. Uh, The seahorse... Also, the Um, seahorse is actually sort of difficult to work out as well.
0: It's got the Fibonacci spiral on its uh, side. It does indeed. Aren't you glad I gave you this page to read along with me, Martin? I had to find it by myself.
1: How? I I linked you (laughs) it? (laughs) Good.
0: I linked you it, you fanny! (laughs) Yeah, but then your microphone broke and you didn't come back for an hour and I lost all the links.
1: No you didn't, you lying sack of shit. It was on your messenger. You could have still clicked the link in messenger. Did you Did you genuinely not see that, that I sent you that? Uh-huh. Right, okay, no problem. You missed it, it's fine. It's alright. But just don't blame it on me. Right, so the smoke which we saw for the first time in this, this week's glyph, and what does that do?
0: Oh, it's a screaming lady
1: face. Yes, it's a screaming lady face. It looks like smoke, but then if you look closely, it's a screaming lady face.
0: You, you don't see it until you suddenly really do. That's clever.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then you've got the yellow dots that appear in many of the images containing glyphs. Then they're on different sides of the pictures and those correspond with num- eh, numbers. Those correspond with letters. So like you've got the apple that has the... Yellow dot up in the left-hand corner is C, and the right-hand corner is D, and then on the bottom left-hand corner is E, and in the bottom right-hand corner is F. So that's how it's worked out, Martin.
0: Which is a code they made up for the program, I take it?
1: Yes. Apparently a lot of very clever people worked it out. Or lonely people. Or lonely people. But it took them a long time because they had to get all the glyphs. Um, they actually had to, you know, watch the entire season to get them all to work out the code. You
0: kids wouldn't know what it
1: was like back before Fringe Wiki just had all the answers for you. Exactly. People had to work shit out, mate. They had to do it themselves. So the next episode clue and from which we meet Mr Jones from the last time was a typewritten or printed sheet of paper covered with numbers that was removed from a copy of A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens.
0: Oh, that was your hint that this episode would happen.
1: Yes. It was a code. It was uh, a sequence of numbers. Oh, this is good. Although credited, Mark Valley and Blair Brown do not appear in this episode. Well, no shit. They've been barely in it since since the show started. Uh, In the official press release, Jeremy Stockton was credited as Andrew Stockton, Dashiell Kim was credited as Dashiell Briggs, and Joanne Osler was credited as The Attendant. Who? So I'm assuming they were planning on her coming back at some point. The Observer is in this episode. Martin, did you see him? No.
0: I didn't either. Oh, good. I always feel worried and judged.
1: (laughs) No, I didn't see him either um, because I actually forgot to look for him. But apparently he's sort of kicking about when Charlie and um, Olivia Dunham are out looking for Ben. so... Just before she finds the red castle, he's there.
0: Observing.
1: Yes. Right. So, Martin, do you have a Walter or anyone else line of the week?
0: Um, I I was sort of torn before him being silly at the start and going on about Christmas carols and him saying, is that what it's like to talk to me? Oh, and I know. Peter not being able to... Him in the eye, I know
1: that was good. Mm. Um,
0: well, mine is
1: Olivia says to Walter, What is it, Walter? Can we talk to him? And Walter says, I guess that would depend on whether he has succeeded in killing himself or not. Which I think is a, a quite a, a wicked little joke, but yes, it, <laughs> it made me laugh. Um, so. Next week, Martin, Mm -hmm. we are going to be discussing episode nine, which is called The Dreamscape. Ooh. Yes. And I don't remember anything about that
0: one at all either. So... It's funny how much you remember some and not anything about others. Well, just going by, like,
1: um, going by the names of the episodes, I don't usually remember them, but... Watching this, I did remember the red and and green lights, sorry. Um, And I remember the scene where Gillian Jacobs is running away and she presses the button and all the green and red lights start going in the hallway, which is quite Mm. clever as an escape plan. And then Olivia gets sort of, she just goes in a trance in the hallway. I remember that scene. The brief synopsis for next week is: the team investigate the death of a massive dynamic employee who jumps out of a window after being attacked by butterflies. I
0: remember oh, that. I remember <laughs> that one. I actually, <laughs> I actually used the teaser of that as like a reference for a film project I never made.
1: All right. Okay. Well, that's all we need to know about that. So, Martin. We'll be back next week to talk about Dreamscape. Um, that's all we have time for today. If you would like to follow the podcast, it's at drop the pilot pod. Uh, shiftybench.co.uk is the website. Contact at shiftybench.co.uk is the email address where you can message us about anything you want to do. Talk about fringe wise. Um where can people follow you online, Martin?
0: You can find me on Twitter. At the Fowdor.
1: Excellent. Uh, also, Instagram,
0: mm-hmm. where I sometimes post pictures of goats.
1: Yes. Why
0: is that? That was my question. Yeah. But why is goat? There seems to have been a recent swing in urban goats in Bristol.
1: <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> right, okay. I've I got nothing.
0: I ain't afraid of no goats.
1: Yeah, I saw you. I saw your tweet, man. <laughs> That's a good joke, though. I appreciated that one. Um, thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. See you on the flippity flip.
0: What? I'm trying something new. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs>